Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. All right. Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of Fruit Pursuit. This one is self-control and our new year recalibration. This is our first episode around the topic of the fruit of the spirit, self-control. And I thought it very appropriate to start off by focusing on this at the beginning of the year. But really, you can take an opportunity to do this little recalibration exercise at any time of the year where you're feeling like frustrated that you don't know what to do next, or maybe you feel pulled in several different directions at the same time. Perhaps you're wondering why things haven't worked out the way you wanted them to. Maybe you've got a different, difficult family situation that just isn't going how you had hoped it would by now, or you've tried all of the answers and nothing is working. If any of those are the situation, you don't have to wait till the beginning of the year to listen to this again. Go ahead and press play and do this little recalibration because I promise this is the foundation of having success in every other area of your life. That's a pretty bold claim, but I think you'll find as you listen through this episode that it's actually a very true claim as well. So let's get started. The first thing that we're going to talk about in regards to self-control has to do with goal setting. Of course, it's the new year and we want to get started in goal setting. We want to know what are we going to accomplish this year? A lot of people get excited about creating vision and making plans. And I tell you, I'm a little addicted myself to um, creating vision and goal setting and getting really clear about the plans I make. I get addicted to the process for a couple of reasons. One I enjoy brainstorming, thinking outside the box, putting puzzles together, anything that involves seeing something big as possible and then looking for the ways to put components together so that it happens. That's, oh, that's so fun to me. But also I get excited about it because I've seen over the years how effective it is at helping me stay on track, helping me accomplish the things that are really the priorities in my life, and also staying on top of what needs to happen for my children. So I don't just go through this exercise for myself. I go through these I go through goal setting for my children as well. Now, this particular episode is not going to just be about goal setting. In fact, I'm going to give you a link for a worksheet in the show notes at fruit pursuitpodcast.com, you can go to this episode 
self-control, new year recalibration, and download the link to print off for the goal setting. So I don't want to waste your time with that today on that episode. What I want to do is your pre-goal setting workout, (laughs) if I could call it that. Getting you in the right mindset for setting your goals. I, as a As a life coach, I also have a life coach, and a lot of these things came from her. My my wonderful coach, Mia Renee, who has a podcast called God-Centered Success. You can check her out if you have any kind of interest in incorporating faith into your business. She's amazing at it. But these are some things that she did, and I've kind of elaborated on them because they were so valuable and so enriching to me. So I, a lot of this came from the Bible, and then it came through her to you. So I want to make sure that I give her credit for this. But let's start the year off right, people. Let's start it with Jesus. Let's start our focus with acknowledging our role with Jesus and our place in Christ before we get busy doing all this planning. And so as we're starting off the year right, I want to ask you, do you know him personally? Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus, there's not anything else that you could do this year that would be more important than a personal relationship with him. If that isn't your first goal, is to know him personally and to love him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your spirit, and to have him as a personal, interactive part of your daily life, then you don't need to go any further on your goal planning. This is the goal for the year. Learn to know Jesus. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. We know through scripture, and a lot of you know this already, and this might just be a reminder, but it's such a refreshing reminder that we, we know that we are fallen as humans and that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Thus, we are separated from him. There's no way for us to be in relationship with God except for the fact that Jesus came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross as our sacrifice for sin and The thing that we must do is accept that gift. Accepting that gift means acknowledging that he is Lord. What does that mean? It means recognizing that sin is real, that we have it and we need a savior, that we're going to allow him to be in charge of our life. It's not just a matter of, do I think Jesus was a person that came to earth? Do I think that he died on the cross for people? Do I think that he had a huge influence? Do I think he had some good things to say? It's not just that. It's about believing that obedience is our gift back to him for sacrificing and doing something for us, saving us from sin, bringing us into relationship with God. And there was no other remedy for that. 
It requires recognizing that our sin does separate us from God, that it is a hindrance to a relationship with him. And that requires repentance. It requires recognizing that that's not something that we want and that we want our relationship with him. And all of that is encapsulized in this idea of confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And then we get to believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, which shows that he had the power to do what he said he would do. You know, there was a guy that came to him through a roof that needed his, that was not able to walk. And he told him his sins were forgiven. And the Pharisees had a hard time with it. And so Jesus said, hey, so that you know that I have the power to forgive sins, I will also tell this guy, get up and walk. And he did. And the guy got up and walked out. So it was his picture of, so that you know I have the power to forgive your sins, I'm going to do this amazing miracle. That's what Jesus rising from the dead also does. There's not any other person in the history of the world that has ever risen them, like been able to rise themselves from the dead, not to mention bring other people back to life. So his his resurrection proves that he has the power to save us from sin. So we have the privilege of believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We confess with our mouth and we are saved. And I encourage you that if you haven't taken that step yet, that is the best way you could start this new year or whatever day it is for you. When you're listening to this podcast, take a minute and ask him into your life. And if you don't, if you, if you don't know how to do that well, or you want help, you can reach out to me or you can reach out to other believers in your area and ask them. They would love to help you with that process. So let's move on. Assuming that you're coming from a place of believing that Jesus is Lord in your life. How do we steward this next year well? So this is what my coach gave to me and I'm finding so encouraging and I'm going to pass it on to you with my own little spin here. But there's four concepts of our role in Jesus and how we can start this next year. Number one is dependence. Number two is acknowledge. Number three is trust. And number four is listen. So first, dependence. In Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases their strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How do we walk and not faint? It's by depending on God. It's by counting on him. We do have to put one foot in front of the other. There is action on our part, but it is his strength and his power and his ability that he gives us to keep going. And so, friend, if there is a place in your life where you 
don't know how you're going to keep on going and you are exhausted and weary, can I just encourage you to stop looking at all of your problems, glance at those problems, but gaze at God who gives us that ability and take courage. Because if you are sitting there thinking, but I am so exhausted and weary in this season, or I've been doing this a long time and I want to stop doing it, or I just wish I was further along by now. I want to encourage you. Second Corinthians 12, nine says, But he said to me that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Our weaknesses are the perfect conditions to work with God. So we have the opportunity to just get busy. Let me tell you, doing this podcast every single week is not a reflection of my perfection or my consistency or my ability to get it all together. This is a testimony of God's work in my life. My natural inclination is towards being a little bit all over the place, quite spontaneous, quite undependable, um, not consistent at all. I'm great at starting projects, naturally speaking, and not so great finishing them. That is my natural man. But my business, this podcast, my ability to be consistent at anything in my life is God's work in me. That is his strength in my weakness. And I give him the glory for that. And as a result, it's exciting because I get to share with other people like you that relying on the Lord for strength outside of yourself is possible, that dependence on him does bring good fruit. And that's part of self-control, isn't it? Recognizing what we can and can't accomplish ourselves and depending on him. The second thing is acknowledge. As you begin this next year or wherever you are listening to this, acknowledge him. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 say, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I talk all the time about how it's possible to love God, love others and enjoy it. Part of the process of enjoying it, though, is to become familiar with what enjoyment feels like. Does it feel natural and okay to enjoy something or does it feel wrong? If if we are out of practice around the concept of joy, then when it comes along, we actually do things to resist it. That feels uncomfortable. I'm not familiar with it in my life. Something bad might be right on the other side of it. And so we actually do things to resist it. However, the Bible says to rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. And when we get in the habit of noticing his goodness in our life, as new things come along that he's doing for us, we will be more apt to notice the goodness that he's bringing in. We won't have to sit around and think really hard, uh, like, can I find anything good out of this situation? It will be a more natural extension of 
just where our mind goes. We get into habits. This is a habit to develop is to acknowledge him. If you're thinking that you're in a specific place right now where you can't imagine that he wants you to rejoice about something, maybe it's too painful. It's like, I'm having, this is so painful, a death or a child that has an illness or something that is so grieving to your spirit. Maybe it's something that's in your own life, in your own body, in your own, you know, whatever that is for you that feels super painful. I encourage you that even though it's not an easy thing to hear, and I know that sometimes it's the thing that people say, you know, all the things not to tell the person whose loved one has died. You know, it probably would top that list if if that were a list that someone was making. But it doesn't matter because it's not what God's list says. James 1, 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. So it might not be what the world wants to hear in a moment of grief. It certainly would not be the easiest thing to hear if you are in a place of pouring out your heart in pain before the Lord. But this is what the Bible calls us to do, to count it all joy to acknowledge him, to give thanks in all circumstances, and that that produces steadfastness. I lovingly encourage you that if you have not taken a moment to acknowledge his goodness, that you're actually resisting ability to see his goodness in the future. And as believers, who are called to share the gospel and called to share the love of Christ with others. We want our faith to be contagious, don't we? We want to be people that emulate Jesus to such a degree that other people say, what is going on with you? You live life differently. I want what you have. What is that? And then we have the opportunity to say, well, it's the gospel. It's The fact that because I believe that Jesus is Lord and that I can trust him so thoroughly, I can believe that he is doing good in my life. I can give thanks in all circumstances. I can count it all joy. And that allows me to live in a whole different way. And then that becomes so contagious that other people want it and say, hey, whatever that is, I want some of it. How do you get that? How do you get that freedom? And it goes back to confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's the opportunity we have when we count it all joy. So that's number two, acknowledgement. The third one is trust. This year, part of your job in goal setting and vision casting is to trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. 
Now, this one takes some serious self-control for me because I definitely have some of my own solid understanding. I come up with all kinds of ideas myself and think, yeah, I know how to do this. I know this. I think I know this. And it can be easy for me to forget to ask him for direction. But part of self-control is going back and remembering that even though it doesn't seem like it in my own mind, he knows better because he knows more than I do. Now, I can think that, like, in my head, I know that God knows more. But when I'm not aware of what he might know more about, I tend to forget in my practical applications every single day that he actually does know more. And so we want to not simply rely on what we think we know. We want to ask him for direction. Believe that he is powerful enough to direct you wisely. But if you say, I'm doing the best I can and it doesn't seem like things are working out, don't forget Romans 8.28 that says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Whatever that thing is for you right now, maybe it's, you know, a relationship quarrel with one of your children, or you're having some sort of parenting dilemma where most of the time you're in a screaming match with one of the children. Maybe you've got an older child and you're just watching them over and over again make what you feel like is a really dumb decision and you're longing to have them make a different choice and they just seem to not be making it. Or maybe it's with a spouse and you're trying to figure out how in the world can we get on the same page and you've tried time and time again and it just doesn't seem to be happening. I encourage you to be patient that all things do work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You can trust him. God is trustworthy. He keeps his promises. There's plenty of them in the Bible where you have plenty of evidence that he has kept his promises. And I would bet that in your life, you have seen him keep his promises too. If you take a minute and go back and remind yourself of them. He's been faithful. He's kept his promises We might not always understand them, but he is good and he is working the things in your life for good also. There's plenty of things that if I could go back, I might do them differently because I know differently from my teenage years, from being a young adult, from being married with young children, all kinds of things. Um, But God has worked them together for good. And then finally, the fourth point is to listen. Luke 5, 5 through 6 is where Jesus has finished speaking and he says to Simon Peter, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. I was really encouraged by the story when I was reminded of it the other day. Simon Peter listened to Jesus. And it's interesting to me that he listened to Jesus in a, a, about a subject matter that he was extremely skilled at. 
This was not his first day on the fishing job. And I'm telling you, mom out there, I know this is not your first day parenting. I know that this is not your first day figuring out how to do school with your kids or how to navigate health issues around your children needs or how to exercise or how to diet or whatever else is on your radar. This is not your first rodeo, as they say. This is something that you have experience with. Or if it is a new situation, you've probably been doing your research. You've probably got a lot of information. But this was really eye-opening to me, remembering that Simon Peter probably could have run circles around people in the fishing industry. He had been in it all his life. This was his livelihood. He knew where the fish swam. He knew where to find the fish. He knew how to catch the, cast the nets. He knew how to pull them in. He knew when to go fishing. He knew the right times that they would be feeding. Like this, if he could have been considered an expert in anything, it would be fishing. And this man was not catching fish. And then Jesus comes in and tells him to go out and do something that he's already done over and over and over again with no results. It's like the epitome of the moment where we we think, yeah, I already tried that and it didn't work. And we blow it off. We just dismiss it like it doesn't even matter. Let me encourage you this year, have self-control and listen to God. Listen to him. Even if it's something that you feel like you have tried before, if it's what he's telling you to do, listen and go do it. It is life to you. And Peter went out and he went fit. He said, okay, I'll do it. He went out when they had done it. They got so many fish. It was breaking the boat. Look, I don't know what the fishing thing is for you. I don't know what that thing is that you've been persevering with over and over and over again. But there is a moment where if you will listen to God, there will be a moment where the benefits are net breaking. I think of my parents in this particular analogy. They made a lot of decisions about parenting that didn't make sense to a lot of people. They certainly didn't make sense to me. And there's even things that they did that I would not do. But their children, my, me and my siblings, love Jesus. They love Jesus. It paid off. The things that they did when they listened to God and they followed his direction, they paid off. They have children who love the Lord. And I think it's something to do. I have to believe that there's something about them listening to God and being obedient. That motivation of, even if this doesn't make sense, whether I do it poorly or not, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to follow what he said. And I think God honors that in our lives. Now, I like to come up with the, you know, but what things, you know, but this scenario. And one of the things I thought about is that like, but what if it still is showing nothing? What if I didn't hear right? What if I thought he said to go fishing over here, but I misheard? 
And a lot of times I do that in my own parenting. Do you do that? Like, I thought I was supposed to put my kids in public school, but this is going really hard. Did I really hear that right? Or I'm just being real with you here. Like, I thought that we were supposed to move to Georgia, but I'll tell you, six months in and not having a job, we were really wondering, did we, you know, like I was, Brandon has a lot more confidence in his decision-making than I am. I do, but I was sitting there like silently wondering, did I, did we get the message wrong? I tend to go that direction in my spirit. Did I, did I mishear it? Did I get it wrong? Did, did God say something different? And I just accidentally wasn't listening and didn't realize it, or I accidentally heard the wrong thing. I tell you, the story of Balaam really encourages me. And if you haven't read that story, it's in Numbers chapters 22 through 24. It's an amusing story in the Old Testament. But I think of this as like the listening worst case scenario. All right. So Balaam was a prophet. Um, He was he was a he was a prophet of God, and there was a king that Balak. It's kind of confusing because their names sound similar, but Balak wanted him to go and curse the Israelites, and so he comes and says to Balaam, "Will you do that?" And Balaam prays, and he's going to get like all kinds of rewards and money and stuff if he goes and curses the Israelites, and he goes and prays, and God says no. Don't go with him. And then he goes back and he says, okay, Balak, I can't go. Balak says, well, we'll give you all this stuff too. And it'll be super, you know, lots of, lots of loot here. And Balaam's like, okay, well, I can't do anything against the Lord. So I'll go ask him again. Look, God told him what, that he wasn't supposed to go and he was enticed by the riches. He didn't like the answer. He really kind of wanted to do it. So he went back and asked again. So this is the worst case scenario. Balaam listened to God. He didn't like the response. And so he goes back and he's like double checking. A lot of times we don't even get to that. We think we heard correctly And we go and do it. It just doesn't turn out the way we think it's supposed to turn out. But let's say worst case scenario, you get it wrong and you're asking God again, like, hmm, can you like, is this really what you wanted? God brought along a talking donkey to get that man's attention. He said, "Okay, go with Balak. And then on the way, God's annoyed because Balaam didn't listen to him the first time and He puts an angel in the way and the donkey stops and and protects Balaam. Balaam starts to beat him and the donkey says, hey, this is not how I have operated before. I've been a good animal to you. What's your problem? Like just starts talking to the man. It's encouraging to me that God can be so intent on getting his message across to somebody that he brings along a talking donkey to get somebody's attention. It's encouraging to me because I don't think I've ever needed a talking donkey to get the message across. God is faithful. He is powerful enough to get his message across to you. 
you cannot be dumb enough that he cannot talk to you in a way that you can hear it. That would be little God. Do you think that you cannot hear more than he cannot speak? That's that's not who he is. God is big enough to get his message across to you, especially if you're listening, especially if you're out there saying, hey, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. I'm listening, God. If that is the set, that wasn't Balaam's set of heart. Balaam's set of heart was, "Mm, I'd really rather do this thing over here. He was in some resistance and God still got his message across really clearly. If you're not in resistance in your spirit, and let's just be honest, we all know when that is. If you're not in resistance in your spirit and you're genuinely before God, like I am willing to do what you call me to do. He can get your attention. And the beauty of it is he's willing to direct us as we go along. He's willing to direct our steps as we step. So it's safe to take some direction. If you're not sure if you're acting in the right direction, but your motives are clear, like I'm willing to follow you, make your best guess. Move forward. Take obedient steps as you know to take the best, the best thing that you can decide. If you go forward and it's not the thing, he will redirect you. But you can take steps in confidence, knowing that if your motives are there, like if you're willing to follow him, he's going to direct you. Not only will he direct you, but he'll use whatever you decided to do. Because he he uses things for his good. There's so much that he can do with us if we are moving forward. We listen to him, we take action, and then we allow him to direct us. So that's my pre-goal setting mindset set up for you. This is how to have self-control around the rest of the things that you're about to decide to do this year. Depend on him because he will renew your spirit. He will keep you running and not fainting. It's his strength that's get us through. Acknowledge him so that you're in the habit of noticing all his blessing and goodness that he's pouring into your life each and every day. Acknowledge him so that you can enjoy what's going on in your daily walk with him in the process And also so you'll be ready to enjoy the next thing that comes along and see the beauty in it. Trust him. Lean on his wisdom and his understanding. He knows so much more about everything than we do. And ultimately, his will is what we would choose if we knew all the facts. It's what we would choose if we knew everything. We can trust him. And listen. Listen to what he's saying to you today, how he's directing you, and then take action from that place. And friend, if you set your goals from those places, if you set up this year from that place of dependence on him, of acknowledging his goodness, of trusting him in everything you do and say, of listening for his direction and taking action from that place, it's not going to matter what goals you set this year. His blessing, like you can't get away from it. He is good. 
And when we are in alignment with him, awesome things happen. So I encourage you to set your soul there and in, and start this being in control of the, with the, uh, in self control, being in tune with the Holy Spirit and how He's directing you and how He's leading with you, leading you from the beginning of this new year. I can't wait to hear from you. Let me know over at fruitpursuitpodcast.com if this is helpful for you. I'd love to have you comment if you are enjoying the, the podcast. Please go on to iTunes and leave me a review. I love seeing your comments and it helps the podcast to get the word out to other people that this could be a blessing to them. Additionally, if you have not signed up for a mom makeover call for our Fruit Pursuit Mastermind uh, application process, what that is, is you get a free call as just no strings attached to figure out what's working and not working for you, how to set up these goals for the next year, get real clear on how to have more joy in your life every single day and really creating a vision for what that looks like in your everyday life moving forward in this new year. That could be around parenting. It could be around school. It could be around, you know, relationship building with your kids or with your spouse What is it that you want more joy and freedom and peace with in the upcoming year? That's what that mom makeover call is for. You can go to maryaldrichcoaching.com slash apply and fill out the application for that. And as well as see if you're a good fit for our mastermind. We'd love to have you in there if you're a good fit. And we've got several slots open for January. So you can let me know if that's something you're interested in as well. But that's all for today. I, As I'm recording this, it's not quite the new year yet. Uh, as you're listening to this, it's just rolled around. And so happy new year to each and every one of you. Thank you for being faithful listeners to this podcast. I love you all and appreciate your support. And just delight to be able to share the love of Jesus that he has given me with you. I hope that that's what comes across to you in each and every one of these sessions. So take care and I will talk to you next week. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?